following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. Studio A is where we're at. It's episode number 424. Uh Uh Hope it's going well for you. Uh, Production dates uh, moving around as we do these days. (laughs) You know, for the longest time, this show was produced on Sundays. And... um, Part of my ongoing plan throughout the uh, throughout this year for 2022 was to kind of shift the uh, shift my, my load around, if you know what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying, and I think you do. That uh, I can, uh, you know, kind of free up a little extra time on some days to move stuff into other days, and this is one of those things that's getting shifted to different times, uh, which uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, the show, this show. Even though it's available now via download, it airs every Wednesday night, uh, midnight central, which I guess would technically be Tuesday morning at no Thursday. What Thursday morning? <laughs> it's Wednesday night after Spud. That's that's Spud starts at ten o'clock central, goes to midnight, and then I guess Thursday morning would be the airing of this program for anybody I guess who really gives a shit. And and if you do, thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, sometimes I wonder if I do myself. No, I, of course I do. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing it. That's, you know, that's, that's sort of the thing. That's just how it is. Isn't it? Hey, why do you do what you do? I, Cause I like it, I guess. Some people, when they, when they're asked with that, when they're presented with that question, why do you do this? Why, why do you do what you do? And they go, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a gig, I guess. That's something. It's something. It's a thing. Yeah. It's something. All right. that's that that it is it's something i've i've been fortunate uh in that the uh the the things that i do in this business of uh of radio and um audio and stuff uh has has been here lately has been good for me and uh has been good to me so i can't i can't really complain um, I, some of you may know this, some of you may not. If you don't, you're about to hear. Uh, I work as as an audiobook narrator for uh, several companies, uh, one of which is Audible. I know you're hip to them, you know, the Amazon thing. I've, I've worked with other companies, one out of New York, another one out of Salt Lake City, uh, Los Angeles, California. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm working with uh, different writers, quite literally from all over the world, that want their, their books done. So... Um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's I just wrapped on a couple of books that are in their final post-production phases. One of them may be available. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, if you search my name out there, you'll probably find some of the stuff I've done. Uh, some of you, uh, to be fair, some of the books may not be up your alley, but, <laughs> but then again, you never, you never, dude, I just finished a, um, I, I guess a textbook. It was a masterclass book for gardeners on compost. All the way down to the microorganism creatures that exist in compost and what makes it healthy. Hell, I learned a lot from it. <laughs> it was, and I'll probably never, you know, get into the composting hobby or gardening or anything like that. I mean, I respect anybody who does, but I, I certainly gleaned a little information from it. Yeah, the uh, the author of that book, Tony O'Neill, is uh, is a master gardener. He's got a, a YouTube channel called uh, Simplify Gardening, I think is what it is, and he wrote this book, and uh, um, he asked me to 
to uh, voice it for him, and uh, I thank him deeply. That was uh, that was a was a was a great deal. It was surprisingly easy uh, for production. Sometimes it can be like pulling teeth, and sometimes they go really really smooth. And this one went really really smooth. Uh, even quickly, I was kind of surprised. Uh, we'd agreed on a, like a two-week production schedule, I think it was, and I was able to knock it out right to the deadline. I think I, I think I even had a twenty-four less than twenty-four hour gap before it was fully due, and the total time was like nine and a half hours. So that went pretty well. I'd I'd say, <laughs> I would I would say, uh, yeah. So so there's that, and I wrapped up another one uh, from Earl Wad out of. Um, I forget where he's from. Is he Texas? I think he may be in Texas. He wrote a book called Hindsight, um, and it's kind of a self-help thing, but uh, it's cool. It's 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 a neat book. It's kind of a novelized self-help thing that's a, told through a story uh, of, a, of a guy who uh, goes in to have some surgery, and while he's knocked out, he winds up having a rather interesting encounter, and it's 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 kind of cool It's if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, nevertheless, that's not what we're here to talk about this time out. Now, we're going we're gonna to get into some other things, something kind of interesting, a phenomena, if you will. Yes, we'll get to it. Stick around. It's coming up right after this brief break right here from Radioland. If you have $2,000 or more in credit card debt, then listen up. We can reduce or eliminate your interest rates. Cut your monthly payment up to 50% and stop all late fees. Our company has been helping good people just like you get out of debt for over 30 years. Don't get stressed out. If you have $2,000 or more in credit card debt and medical bills, we can show you a way to reduce all of your bills to one lower monthly payment that you can afford. So again, if you have $2,000 or more in credit card debt and medical bills you can't afford, make this free call today and learn how you can finally get out of debt. Call now for your free consultation. 800-641-4280 Eight hundred six four one four two eight zero. Eight hundred six four one four two eight zero. That's eight hundred six four one forty two eighty. Sponsored by Credit Guard. We're living in a pretty interesting time these days, my friends. Yes, sir, we are. We're sort of in the golden age of the internet. Some people might argue with that statement. They think that was like when it first came. It was the golden age. Uh, now, this one we were just kind of learning about how what the possibilities were. If you were like anything like me, then you probably prefer the content that you receive online to be as raw and as unfiltered as possible. Um, the good and the bad, and uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's an appropriate reason for that, and a lot of it is is it relies on the consumer to sort it out for themselves, and that's the way it is with anything, quite frankly. Uh, anything in life. Uh, so we've gotten so wrapped up in what things are said or not said and what's true and, and what's not true. And, and and there's merit to all of that. Don't get me wrong. You know, you have this whole thing about, say, let's take Twitter, for example. Uh, the fact that uh, Elon Musk is about to pull the trigger on this deal and make it happen, and now he'll be the sole basic owner of it, aside from a small um a uh, group of uh, shareholders, stakeholders, that kind of stakeholders, I guess they would be what they are, shareholders, because he's going to take it private. It's his business. He can do whatever he wants with it. And he wants to make it like the ultimate expression of free speech. Uh, yeah, it, you know, you have to understand when it comes to free speech, there's there's so much there. And the basic tenet is, is that you're, you, you do have the right to say whatever you want to say. 
but you also bear the responsibility of dealing with the um, the consequences of the things that you say. That's part of it. So when the, the, all the whole thing about fake news was being thrown around and bantied about by the last guy in the White House, it became an odd little touchstone. You don't hear much about it anymore. People don't talk too much about it. It was, you know, it was, it was red meat to the conspiracy theorists who like to, you know, go crazy about. Oh, it's all fake. And then there were a lot of mad, a lot of it was being manufactured by themselves. And like, it's always gonna, it's always gonna be around. It's always been around. It just, it just got incredibly magnified over the last administration. And say what you will about it. Uh, most people. I'm not, I can't say all of them, but most people have the ability to uh, suss it out for themselves, right? You see something online, you're, you know, you're cruising through your little news feeds, whatever they are, you know, you're, you're reading on, uh, I don't know, some aggregate news site and you're catching up on news articles, perhaps a, a newspaper's website, a, a television news thing, some media outlet, and they're printing a piece about this, that, or the other, and something catches your attention, and of course you, 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 you may doubt it, and you have every reason to. In every, you should question everything, and so you do a little more checking, and you check into veracity of things. And is this particular post a? Uh, is it was it leaning politically one side to the other? Well, let me see if I can find the opposite side and somewhere in the middle. You know how it goes, and that's the beauty of the. Of the unfiltered internet. That's a cool thing. There is a major downside to an unfiltered internet. But you have to, if you're like me though, you sort of deal with it and you accept it. It's the fact that you're going to see things that you don't want to see. You're going to hear stories that you don't want to hear. Maybe they assault your sensibilities. Maybe they, maybe you find them offensive. That's subjective. What happens when we're offended? We've talked about this. What happens when we're offended? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing at all. Our sensibilities, perhaps, our, our emotions sort of assaulted by certain things that we may see, that we may be sensitive to. Some people say are sensitive to stories about animals. You know, they don't want, uh, they don't want to hear stories about, you know, cruelty to animals. I agree. I'm with you on that. I have trouble... Uh, getting through stories that involve um, horrific crimes that under under n- no circumstance should ever be committed. You know, I'm not talking just murder, but I'm t- just, you know, wanton, uh, senseless violence assaults my my emotions as well. And, you know, but over the years that I've been in this business and, and, and staying into the into the news as much as possible, I find that and it's probably some desensitization desensitivity <laughs> not as sensitive to it as i once was uh because i'm i'm looking for i'm looking for answers i'm looking for reason i'm looking for um you know uh the why you know what's going on here that you know that kind of thing and 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 the internet is really bad about and a lot of posts you know a lot of writers are really bad about uh, going for the click, so they're gonna they're gonna write the worst headline they could possibly write. It's gonna be, you know, some vicious hit piece on something or another just to get your attention for that almighty click that is worth a view, and uh, you know that that kind of thing. I don't like playing those games either. As a as a content provider, I certainly don't. Um, of course, I, I lean more into the humor, so I try and find something as you know, like a quick and dirty joke or a play on words. But that's you know, that's neither here nor there. 
the reason why I talk all, about all of this and why I brought this up is that we're all in this unique position right now where we are watching with great interest and uh, great understanding the the war in Ukraine. It, it is. It's a war. Even though it hasn't been technically called that by the powers that be, it is a war. Oh, it's a military exercise. No, it's a war. And it's and that war is built in false pretenses, as often wars are. It's unfortunate. Russia decided to invade Ukraine on the pretext that it was filled with Nazis and that they were going in to denazify Ukraine. And we all know that's not true. And this is not about getting into all of the ins and outs of that and, and the political motivations and everything that go, go along with that. The, the reason why I'm talking about this is that when you combine that war that's going on right now with all of the really cool things that are happening online, you get an interesting thing that we've never really seen before to the scale of which we're seeing now. And that is the coverage and the dissemination of information around the war in Ukraine. And we get that without, you You can make a choice here. You can choose to get all of your news from your trusted news outlet, whoever that may be. It could be one of the, one of the networks, one of the alphabets, NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, Fox, uh, CW, maybe. I don't know if they even do news. Uh, See, I mean, you've got all of these television things, the BBC, Sky Network, uh, there's European things, and then there's like Reuters and the Associated Press. There's a a million ways to go about it, and most of them, if not all of them, strive for some modicum of reality to it. And everything they base is based on every truth or every phrase or every fact. You know, there's a difference between fact and truth. (laughs) If you want truth, you go see your theology department. If you're interested in fact, you head on over to archaeology. The, <laughs> the point being is that in an effort to find what is to be believed to be the accuracy of certain events that are taking place, there are protocols in play by most good journalists. Protocols such as verifying a source. A source says X thing happened. Second source says X thing happened. A third source says he'd heard that X thing happened and he knew of somebody that witnessed it. So you've got you've got a few things to back it up. You cannot just say one source says this and then you kind of lay it out there. It's just going to be this weird cantilevered fact. Whether it's true or not, who knows? But once you have other witnesses that can corroborate or statements from other people, then you can corroborate the evidence and boom, you got you got some. That's kind of how it works. You, know, you try not and take it on face value. Well, this is a little interesting now, isn't it? Because with the Internet, we're not necessarily having to rely on these alphabets, are we? These network reporters, these professional journalists, the guys from Feature Story News, FSN over, over at Radio Memphis, uh, the BBC, Sky, all the ABC, everybody. We don't necessarily have to rely on that because a lot of times they appear to be a bit slower because they'll say, oh, such and such happened. And you go, yeah, I just heard about that like two days ago. Where the hell were you? Well, what's going on? Well, they were they were busy trying to vet the information. They were they did not want to take to the air with unverified information. That's important. That serves a very good need. And the reason being is that you have to have that credibility. If you tune into any of that stuff, 
uh, from their point of view, you know with some degree of assuredness that what they're saying is probably true. And then you have John Q. Public, right? You've got you got people that are literally in the lines. They're standing there with a gun in one hand and a phone in the other. And they're taking video and they're taking photographs and they're talking to people. They're neighbors. You're witnessing attacks, rocket attacks, gunfire. You're seeing people incinerated. You're seeing the horrific side of what war really is, which is the ultimate in violence. And you see it right there, unfiltered, uncensored. And you can't deny it. And you can sit there all you want to go, oh, that's just CG. It's computer graphics, bro. They faked it all. It's done at Blender. I see now it's not deep fake video, bro. Um, no. No one has the time for that. And, and there's no reason for it because it's all being spelled out for you. And that's the difficult part of this. If you choose to follow the information from the war through various other channels, through social media, you already know you're, you're, you're treading in a weird area. But if you're savvy enough and you're comfortable enough with that, you can probably discern a great deal of information. Right now, um, Facebook is like dead last in social media for this sort of thing. It's just it just is. Uh, Twitter has been an interesting uh, follow for sure, especially through the if you follow the alphabets through there. Um, another interesting place is uh, Reddit. There's a ton of different Reddit threads out there that can give you some fairly interesting, if not accurate, information. But you know, based upon what a quote unquote eyewitness account may be. Yeah, some guy's going on there and he's posting something and he says that he's the that he's the author of it. He goes under some you know ridiculous name. Havarti Cheese 225. <laughs> Maybe that's what he is. I don't know. But you don't. And he says he's a Ukrainian soldier. And he says that he caught this on camera. And you look at this stuff and then you, 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 your brain wants to believe it. I saw it with my own eyes. I know it's true. Uh, yeah, but there's also been idiots, idiots out there that have taken uh, clips, video clips from video games. Uh, stuff from events that happened 10, 15 years ago, and they're trying to pass that off as current events. And, it, of course, it doesn't work because it, it, people catch on to that pretty quick. It's hard to lie on the web, and that's certainly certainly the case. And when you're catching it this way, when you're, when you're understanding how um, the, really the news of the war is traveling almost literally within seconds of, of these things, it becomes apparent that... Um, we're not looking at this the way we used to look at things like this. You know, we always had to wait. It was there was this time limit. We've all become so impatient. It's a short attention span, bro. No, it's not. It's an impatience factor. We want to know now. We want to know what has happened. We want to know why. What you know? We want to know everything we can within that given second. And so, you know, when it comes to people who who delve down that rabbit hole of the war in Ukraine, we. Um, you might find things and things that are being said and, and eventually over the same amount of time that it would take for somebody else to vet it, you sort of vet it yourself and you're, you're, you're able to source out the cabbage from the mayonnaise, if you will, in a, uh, in, in a, in a bowl of coleslaw. And that can be part of the problem. There's been so many weird stories that have come out, but very quickly have been either proven to be real or not. 
one such thing uh, this morning, uh, and of course this is uh, Tuesday, May 3rd when this is recorded. So this morning on the morning show, uh, LJ, LJ and I were talking about uh, Vladimir Putin. Now, by the time you hear this, he could be dead. I don't know. But there's talk that he's going into surgery, and there was this whole other thing about this this uh, this bit of information that seemed to be accurate. It seemed to be accurate. It's not to say that it wasn't. It's not to say that it fully was either, but it, it tended to lean more into the direction of being correct. And it was uh, it was information that was gleaned from a channel on Telegram, I believe. Now, Telegram is a social media platform that exists out there. If you're not hip to it, it's worth looking at, looking into perhaps. Maybe you want to get an account there. Who knows? It's free. It's It's what it is. And there are various channels by which you can take part in various threads. It's kind of Reddit-like, I suppose, is a good way to look at it. Um, you know, Telegram has, you know, of course, all different manner of topic you can look at, and some of it is in Russian, some of it is in Ukraine, some of it is in Chinese, some of it is wherever, and, you know, you got it, translation tools to help you with that. But it's it's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant if you go that route. But at any rate, there, was these, there were these stories that were, that were flitting about you know, the chatter, if you will, across Telegram that was indicating that Vladimir Putin is suffering from all manner of disease right now, <clears throat> uh, one of which is some sort of abdominal cancer. Uh, a lot of the so-called experts and insiders are, that are saying things like, oh, well, actually, it's stomach cancer, and that apparently he's undergoing some sort of surgery over the next week, who he may or may not survive. LJ thinks he won't survive while he's laying on the table. They, 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 they may use that as an opportunity to do him in. Who knows? He's in a pretty bad way because he's hurting a lot. The medication he is on is creating this weird psychosis, which is obvious to, to seeing the way things that are going on right now. Um, he's got Apparently, he's got Parkinson's, which that can create all, all manner of, of, of mental issues. You know, mental illnesses and issues, and not to mention the kind of medication that he's on. You d you just don't know. Here in the states, we, we we trust our doctors, our physicians, and they do a pretty good job of of keeping the medications controlled and secured for whatever that ails you. Right? You know, if it's a cocktail of different medications, they they try and find the you know the uh, uh, the interaction stuff. How one drug interacts with another, et cetera. In Russia, I don't know if you would. I would assume there's there's some. I mean, we're all living in the 21st century, so so there's got to be something to that. But here of late, it had been interesting to see some of the chatter that had been floating. And this is all, look, this is all, pardon, all entirely through social media. Other reporters are doing exactly what I'm doing right now, vetting the information as best as possible and just speculating. Because that's all this has been for the past 20 minutes. This has really been all about speculation, hasn't it? Because we all have our have our uh, our guesses and our speculations, our takes, if you will. There's a notion amongst people who gamble, that like to gamble. They like to go gamble on sports, or they gamble on racing, or they gamble on whatever. And the successful gambler is one who is an educated gambler, who knows just enough to reliably, okay, to reliably predict a possible outcome. That's really sort of the secret. And this is no different. Everything's a gamble if you want to get down to it, right? 
you're looking here at this war in Ukraine, and it's anybody's guess, right? It's anybody's guess. If I were to, if I held, if 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 I were to lay money on this, which would be a really shitty thing to do, is to try and figure out what exactly it was. I predicted the world or what would happen along these ways. Then I would I would suggest that Ukraine will win this battle outright. Of course, having said that, <laughs> there's always there's always a fly in the ointment, right? Uh, you've got uh, was it Sergey Lavrov? He's the uh, the lapdog of Putin, who is. Uh, who, who loves to, to throw the nuclear word around. Oh, we got nuclear bombs. We're going to drop them. Uh, frankly, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, then there's this whole notion of, of Putin going into some sort of surgery. He could die on the table. And then what? Um, you know, some of the things I learned so far throughout, you know, following this whole thing is understanding a little bit more of the political landscape of what Russia really is. You know, they have a parliament, if you will. Uh, they used to call it the Politburo, if you recall, back to those of us that are that uh, grew up in the Cold War. And uh, they've got a prime minister that's picked by Putin, apparently. And what? so what is Putin? He's the dictator. He's the guy that runs the whole damn thing. So he can sit there and say all he wants to. Hey, we're a democracy. We, we let the, the will of the people be the dictating and the guiding rule. And that's not the case. So what happens if Putin dies on the operating table? That's a valid question. What happens? He has picked somebody who is a former uh, Secret Service cat himself, because that's where Putin came up. He came up through the KGB or the FSB, I think is what they call it now. And he's got a guy that is also former FSB that he trusts to call the shots. Now, then there's the whole thing, devil you do know versus the devil you don't know. And uh, what's up with all of that? And who knows? Um, You know, Putin may kick off while he's on the operating table. And if that's the case and he drops dead and it's all said and done with and it's over. And the other guy that's replacing him goes, just kidding. Um, Okay, we're pulling out of Ukraine now. We're pulling out of Moldova. And sorry about the whole thing in Sweden thing. And then that's that. That's a legitimate possibility. And the best way that, that, that to follow that has seemed is watching it unfold through social media of all places and of all things to get this type of information, to see that transpire through there. Prior to the war in Ukraine, we've always looked at social media with a jaundiced eye. We've all done it. We've always had it in our heads that when you mentioned the words social media and the word Facebook comes to mind, it's all these self-affirmation posts and it's, all right, we need to spoken prayers. That kind of thing. Hey, check out uh, my fundraiser. I'm trying to uh, get a new kidney for the wife. Uh, I need to go fund me type thing. So you see a lot of that. Or hello, Facebook family. There's what I'm having for dinner. That's what we always thought of social media as being was this pointless bullshit post that happened. And I have said it in the past, and I still still hold to it, that if you're getting your news solely, excuse me, solely from social media, you're not getting the news. You're getting a reflection of the news. And it still holds true no matter what uh, what flavor of social media you're using, whether it's you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. God help you if it's TikTok. <laughs> Reddit seems to be a little bit more, I don't know, solid. It's as toxic as it is, and it's an odd place if you're not if you're not there. This Telegram thing uh, is certainly very interesting as well, and it's got a little bit more of a global flair. So you're getting some coverage based on from people that are actually there. <coughs> that's you know that's hell. That's half the battle, if you'll pardon the expression. And if that's the case, 
then you're seeing a lot more than you are probably used to seeing, and you'll gather a little bit more information. So look at it this way. If you delve into, say, I don't know, as much as you can stomach, but 30 or 40 threads uh, online in these various social media things, and you're, and you're watching this eyewitness stuff, you're seeing the, the heavy, high-ended stuff, and you're trying to you know, piece something together. By the time you're done looking at it, you'll have about a teaspoon more of information than you probably would have gotten somewhere else. That's really kind of what this boils down to. You still, it's not a free pass to assume that everything that you're seeing is wonderful and worthy and great. It's still this whole notion that you've got to vet the information and take it with a certain amount of salt. You might find yourself in a position where you go, well, I saw this and I I think it seems to be true. And it probably is if it's inside your gut that way. But you also have to be open to the fact that you may see something that you don't agree with, that you don't you don't want to believe is actually happening. And if you see that and it actually is that way, that it is happening, you just don't want to believe that, that's where things can get convoluted. And that's where you can say, well, I think it's bullshit because, you know, that didn't happen that way. That's not I choose not to believe that. But in every game, there's always a loser. Not that I want to say that war is a game. It kind of is. It's the guy that scores the most points that wins. That's unfortunate. It's no different than if you're sitting at home uh, watching a baseball game and you're watching a team that you like and, and you're fans of, and when they're losing the game fairly badly, you have to, you're faced with that fact that, oh, my God, my team's going to lose this thing. And you'll see oftentimes, like, oh, well, Oh, the officiating was bad. Oh, you got hosed on that deal. You should have gotten a better call on that. It was just wrong. The other side was cheating their balls off. I'm not going to believe it. But they but they do accept that loss, ultimately, because that's the way it finally gets recorded into the book. There's maybe one certain thing I guess you can take from sports fans. But if you're watching a war and various hyper-intensitive or insensitive, hypersensitive areas of these battles, right? Mariupol is one. Kiev is another. Uh, Chernobyl. You're watching all of these things, and you're trying to gather as much as you can find in this information, and you find out things like, oh, well, Russia did take that. I don't want to believe that to be true, but, but that's a fact. It's an absolute fact. And once again, dealing with an uncensored Internet allows that to happen. At lightning speed. And I, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Don't get me wrong here. I, it's not like I'm saying, oh, that's the only way you cover your news, you see. You got you to gotta go through that way. You got to do it that way. Uh, no, you don't. But if you choose to follow a major event through what social media's reflection of that event becomes, then, then perhaps you are in a position where you can form a little bit more of a, I don't know, a cognitive uh, a, a response that fits the fact you know what i'm saying that that has nothing to do with your own impression of what things are going on that's the important thing and journalists have to walk that fine line all the time you know we all have our favorites and our and our unfavorites because we don't like the way a person writes or says or does or thinks or whatever at the same time finding that bit of reason that goes with all of this finding that middle that somewhere in there is going to be a bit of a middle ground and that's where you have to take it all as safely and as, as as succinctly as possible without losing all of your marbles, you know, because that's one of those deals that, you know, once you jump into this sort of thing, there's really no turning back. 
And sometimes unfiltered, quite frankly, is the better way to go. Just, just my opinion, mind you. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. It's funny having a conversation with somebody that uh, that came up in you know a generation or two behind you, right? You know the the older guys, the the, the, the older your parents perhaps, and I love what they say. Oh, this whole world's turned to shit. This is this is wrong. We're oh, this is awful. We need to run everybody out and start all over again. And oh, this is just uh, this is a travesty. We're all just gonna. Let me tell you something, Dad. <laughs> the world's been going to shit for a long time, long before you came around too. Man, think about hey, look, Herbert Hoover. What's his nuts during the Yellow Fever? Hey, you go back in time. Hell, Abe Lincoln had to deal with it. I mean, after all, he was in the middle of fighting the freaking Civil War. But yeah, so the world's going to shit. It's been doing so for a long time. And guess what? It's going to be doing it tomorrow, too. What are you going to do? The best that you can. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. <clears throat> Perhaps, I don't know, things can change between now and then. That's always a suggestion. <laughs> That's really kind of all that it is. Look, you know, I try and be nimble like the next guy. You know, it's, it's this is, I mean, technically it's a radio show. It's technically, it's a, it's a podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's an on-demand only thing, whatever. It, it makes no hill of beans to me. By the time this thing airs, on Radio Memphis, so much is going to have happened. One of which is that I will probably be not wearing any pants when it happens. Hell, I'm not wearing any now and I'm recording this. That's the, that's the beautiful. Look, I'm here for the content. That's what I do. I'm a content provider. Whether whether you, whether you want to call it a podcast, a broadcast, whether you want to an on-demand thing. I don't, whatever, I don't care. You call it whatever you want to. It could be a pile of feces. It's whatever. It's It makes no, no hill of beans to me. Uh, but if you listen to it, I appreciate it. I think <laughs> thank you for that. Some people do. They dig it. They, they like, yeah, I heard that train wreck of a show you did there, uh, Rick. It sounded like it was a slow news day when you recorded. Sometimes it is. Uh, I don't know if they're referring to the morning show or all of it. I I, I don't really know. Although I did hear uh, Maddox, the uh, the 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 uh, one of the guys of the heavyweight chumps that does Radio Memphis in the afternoons, weekdays, two to six, Monday through Thursday. Um, they were saying, well, he told, he sent me a message the other day saying that he was talking to a friend of his that lives in Nashville and was walking their dog, uh, through like an apartment complex, like really late on Sunday night, probably like Monday morning. 
and they heard all this music going on and and then it was it was Radio Memphis being blasted out of some place out of someone's apartment uh, in the middle of the night with the windows open just having a big old time and uh, uh whoever that was thank you so much I'm glad you I'm glad you dug it I mean cuz you know late nights kind of fun there's no commercials and there's no jock just a lot of really cool music <laughs> and then sometimes we do things like this I, it's, it's one of those things uh, however it is that you get the program. Thank you so much. If you like it, please tell a friend, share the show around. That would help me out because uh, I'm only in it for, you know, getting some more numbers, man. And I like sitting here inventing my spleen about certain things, whatever the topic may be. Hell, there may be an interview involved in it. I'm just to the point now where I just quit worrying about trying to trying to plan this dumb thing out. I mean, because, you know, this time that we have roughly half hour, 45 minutes, depends on what it is. This is our time together to... Uh, I don't know, think for a moment and uh, chew into something and try and lighten the mode without trying to panic. You know, there's no need There's no need to panic, my friend. No need to panic for it at all because I'm here to panic for you. That's, that's, that's <laughs> uh, today, uh, this date of production is a Tuesday. It's uh, the 3rd of May. And you know what I did today? I got home, got home from the studio probably about, I don't know, three-ish. Had a bite to eat. Farting around here, doing some things, answering emails, little audio work here and there. I hadn't even done this show yet. And then I uh, went back to the kitchen and I was getting, I was drinking a big, big old honking glass of water. And I realized that today being the 3rd of May was an election day in the state of Tennessee. And somebody's hearing this is going, oh shit, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, primaries is really kind of all it was. And, uh, uh, and the polls closed at seven o'clock and I, you know, hopped in the, uh, the whole holler and went down to the, the polling place where I go, they've moved it, but I was, I remembered where they moved it to. And it's actually closer to the house. So that worked out, uh, ran in and there was a, there was a, one of the volunteers, one of the workers there had opened the door for me and he goes, Oh, well, great. We can close now. You're here. I, I don't know who he was uh, a very nice guy. And, uh, there was one man in front of me to vote. That's how thin the line was. Well, granted, I mean, look, it was at like 4.30, I guess. Five, no, it was 5. It was after that. It was like 5, 5.30. And uh, it's funny. When you when you take part in your local elections like that and you go to your, your polling place, especially like on primary day type thing, and granted, I'm not taking into consideration there was probably some early voting going on, but still. You know, if you judge it by voting day and you're saying, I wonder what the turnout was, you know, throughout the day. It's like, well, this just seems kind of lame. But those of us that did vote, we're sort of on that like-minded scale. It doesn't really, we don't really care what the other guy voted for. It's the fact that we're taking part in a, uh, in an American institution. It's a thing, you know? You sit there and go, ah, oh, votes don't count. It's, it's not a thing, man. The system's rigged. It's not. I know a lot of comedians make fun of that, but it's not. It's no, I, you have to have some faith in something. And if that's the way that goes. And so I went and, and I was in and out of there probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, you know, and uh, everybody was, of course, very nice. And there's none of this, you know, bullshit that go in there. They tell you how to do it. They give you your card, you know, and you go and you vote and, you know, there it goes. And this is just a run up to what's coming up later down the road. And, and away we go. And, of course, you've got, you know, your primary stuff. You've got uh, um you got more primaries coming up, and then eventually you're going to have the big November stuff, the midterms. And look, you know, say what you will about the whole thing. You don't like the process, then I guess you don't really have to participate in it. 
I personally, I personally think I come from a, a line of thought here that says that if you're an American citizen, uh, not only is it your right to vote, but it should be an obligation. It, it really, it should almost be mandatory. Um, oh, you can't tell me how to live my life. Look, if you gotta, you gotta choose the people that are that that represent you. You know, you gotta find the guy or the woman that that is um, that you think is going to represent your needs. Or the needs of, of your community. It's important. You gotta have that because if you don't, then you're gonna wind up with Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> you know, yeah. How how that bitch get in there? Uh, uh, apparently, there was enough like minded people that voted with her on uh, or voted for her that enough for her to get the damn job. I, or you couldn't you relax somebody to be dog catcher? It's uh, come on. You know, educate yourself. It's not hard. The Understanding who the candidates are is not that big a deal. And if it's a local election, wherever it is that you live, you know, try and take an active enough part in it that you, if you can find like a, uh, an, a an email address to write to them, a call them and say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe voting for you. I don't know. Um, You know, sell yourself to me. What, you know, what are you going to do? What, what, what am I getting out of this? What is my community going to get out of this? So it's important to do that because if your if your if your candidate or your issue doesn't come through, at least you have the right to complain. And if they and if it did go, if that person came through, and it turned out that's not what you wanted, that somehow it got all messed up. At least you you have you have an educated stance to go back and rectify things. Get involved in, in what's, what's going on in your world. It's very important because if you don't, then you're going to let a bunch of idiots come in here and God knows you don't need that. And as I tell people all the time, look, if you don't want to participate, then it's going to be guys like me that's going to choose for everybody else. And I don't know, some of you may not agree with my politics and then there's that. So, you know, get out and do it. You know, take part in this whole thing. This is going to be a busy year for a lot of this stuff. And keep your eyes open. Pay attention because it's going to get really important. Trust me on this. It's going to get really important. On that, I'm done. I'm out of here. Uh, please, until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. 